In the 19th century, there was the beginnings of what was called the liturgical movement. And in the liturgical movement, there were people in the church who realized that a lot of very faithful Catholics would go to Mass every Sunday, but they didn't always necessarily know why we do what we do or were able to take advantage of the great riches of the sacred liturgy. And so the liturgical movement sought to bring the liturgy to the people in a fresh and new way so that they could understand it uh, and take advantage of it at a much deeper level rather than just kind of, you know, being present, which obviously is a good thing, but it can always be much more. And there was a German priest named Martin Hellriegel who was raised in Germany with all these kind of ideas and was able to see it uh, in his own parish where he grew up. And then he wanted to be a missionary in America. And so he came to St. Louis, Missouri. And so the archbishop gave him a parish and said, don't do all those newfangled ideas out of Europe, right? Because here in America, we just get on with it, right? So in many places, you know, you had masses that were almost entirely just recited by the priest, sometimes at warp speed. Uh, the altar boys and the priest would try to race each other to see who could get through the Latin the fastest. And there was mass. You might possibly have, you know, somebody in the choir loft warbling some ditties over top of it, but there wasn't a lot of context with Gregorian chant, the music of the church or the glories of the polyphonic tradition of uh, the choral life of the Catholic Church. And so that began to change. So Monsignor Hellriegel goes to a parish called Holy Cross, and he says, but the faithful deserve to not only know about the liturgy, but to love all of the riches of the liturgy, not just a part of it. And so the first thing that he did when he came to this new parish of Holy Cross in the 1930s was that he opened this little book called the Roman Ritual, okay, which is a book of blessings. There are tons of things that the church offers to her people that can be blessed. You know, electric dynamos, airplanes, ships, uh, you know, expectant mothers. There's all kinds of things in this wonderful little book. And it happened to be the Feast of the Assumption. And in this lovely text of the Catholic Church, it said, blessing of herbs on the assumption of the Blessed Virgin Mary. So he told his people the Sunday before, bring your herbs. And they're like, what on earth is he on about? He's like, we're going to do this together, right? And so the people are like, okay, Father wants herbs. I guess he wants, you know, something to put into his Italian cooking at the rectory for dinner, right? So they brought all those things, and he started saying these prayers and explaining why he was doing it. And so it became a tradition. Now, in reality, this has actually been part of our Catholic celebration of the Feast of the Assumption since the 10th century, right? But not everyone does it, right? Because where we have this mentality that Mass is like a cold shower to be gotten in and out of as quickly as possible, right? Where we're kind of looking at our watches like, oh God, how long is Father going to keep preaching, right? Then we miss some of the beautiful riches of the sacred liturgy and opening the treasures of this divine worship to the faithful is important. So before Mass today, you know, people brought their herbs because I mentioned it, right, on Sunday, and we blessed them. 
Now, what's interesting is that the people would bring herbs to church on her feast, not only because, well, we like blessed objects, Catholics are into cool sacramental stuff, but also to make the occasion a harvest festival of thanksgiving to God for His great bounty manifested in the abundant fruits of the earth. You know, so often uh, our own kind of, you know, urban dwelling modern lifestyle is really quite divorced from the reality of agriculture, right? Um, I couldn't be a farmer if you tried. I would have, not have the slightest idea what I'm doing. But we all eat, right? You know, we all have pets. All these things are kind of still part of our lives, and it's important to know not only where they come from and how they work, but also to recognize that God uses those things for His glory. Now, on the Feast of the Assumption, you know, we celebrate that Mary, at the fulfillment of her earthly life, is assumed body and soul into heaven. Now, it's easy to think that this is just a singular privilege of the Blessed Mother, right? Obviously, she was the sinless one, so she couldn't die like the rest of us, but yet Jesus Himself died. And so, who is His mother not to follow her son? And so, she fell asleep and then was assumed into heaven, body and soul. But that is also a foreshadowing of what will happen to us at the end of time, at the last judgment. If we are faithful to what Mary did throughout her life, which is the imitation of her son, Jesus, right, then we too will be raised body and soul. Our souls and our bodies will be put back together again, and we will be once again the fullness of ourselves, but in glory. What a tremendous gift. And we're reminded that even all of these things of the earth, right, are part of that life, part of that life and creation that God gives us. And when we recognize His dominion, His sovereignty over these things, we give them back as a sacrifice, and yet we receive them once again from Him, right, being sanctified, so that we can use them not only for those purposes of creation, but also as moments of grace. And that includes everything from holy water and oil, bread which becomes the body and blood of Christ, all the things that we use in the sacraments, ashes, palms, down to electric dynamos, ships, all of those things, and herbs, right? People would bring all kinds of things. They would even place them on the altar or beneath the altar cloths so that they could be as close to the Eucharist as possible. Now, I'm not suggesting that next Feast of the Assumption, you cut every bush down in your yard and try to stick it under the altar cloth. Okay, so that's not quite what I'm suggesting. But that when we understand that all of the physical objects of this earth, which are gifts of God, can be made vehicles of the divine presence, when we allow them to be blessed and consecrated and sanctified, we see how beautiful this world truly is. Now, in the three prayers that we have just heard uh, at the, before Holy Mass today, there's a couple of things I want to kind of bring to your attention. So, we're blessing all these things. We're listening the fact that, you know, God has created the heavens, the earth, the sea, things seen and unseen. But we pray for the food of living creatures, for the healing of sick bodies as well. 
we remember that the body is a temple of the Holy Spirit, right? We live in an age which has a very weird relationship with the body, right? You know, we have children who have all kinds of, you know, disorders and body dysmorphia now, or people who don't even, you know, know what they are because they feel so disconnected from their body. And the good news is the fact that the body is given to us by God as a gift. And what we put into it, what we put into it, whether it be food or drink or music or images or whatever it is, the more that it is true, good, and beautiful, the closer that we can get to God. And we have a lot of people who are sick in all kinds of different ways. And so knowing that the church takes care of her children to ask for the healing of those bodies is a tremendously beautiful gift on this Feast of the Assumption. Now the second prayer which we heard says, God who through Moses your servant directed the children of Israel to carry their sheaves of new grain to the priest for a blessing, right? Remember in the book of Leviticus, which is everybody's least favorite book of the Bible, right? Because it's all kind of ritual prescriptions and all that. It's a wonderful book. Read it. Um, there's all kinds of prescriptions that the children of Israel, when they start, to, you know, finally getting the harvest, that they should go to the priest and ask for a blessing, right? That it's a gift from God. It's a chance to give it back to Him to then receive it as something even more than it was before it was presented to God. And so, the church obviously doesn't have the law of Moses, right, because it's been perfected in Christ Jesus, but we still live those moments of bringing normal, ordinary things before the Lord. And the church has enriched those moments with these powerful and beautiful prayers. So, if she, Mother Church, gives them to us, then let's use them, and let's use them in abundance. We read, grant that men, cattle, flocks, and beasts of burden find in them a remedy against sickness, pestilence, sores, injuries, spells, against the fangs of serpents or poisonous creatures. The church's public prayer doesn't miss anything right, that can possibly happen. Now, of course, we don't use these things in a superstitious kind of way, right? You know, God has invented medicine, right? We're supposed to use it. You know, that doesn't mean that if you get bit by a serpent, then you come to church and say, well, I'm just going to take a piece of rosemary that was blessed by church and I'll be okay. That's not the point, right? But all of those things of the earth, even of which medicines are made out of, you know, again, come from the beautiful gifts of creation. And we recognize God's sovereignty over them and our proper use of those things. Finally, in that third prayer, God, who on this day raised up to the highest heaven the rod of Jesse, the mother of your son, by her prayers and patronage, you might communicate to our mortal nature the fruit of her womb. We implore you to use these fruits of the soil for our temporal and everlasting welfare. Remember that our life in the church is not just about this worldly things, and it's not just about next worldly things. It's that beautiful Catholic both and, right? That we celebrate creation and life to its fullness here, but we also realize that this is not our true home, that we are preparing for something wonderful and amazing in heaven, and that we must use every single opportunity to get closer to Christ. 
you know, it may not have occurred to you that, you know, when you bless a meal, for example, right, instead of just digging right into whatever it is, right, you know, that we say a prayer over that, we ask our Lord's blessing over that, even in the simplest things, that all of those are ways in which God sanctifies our natural world. And they can have a very powerful effect when we use those things the way that Christ intends through the discipline of the church to use them. Um, our current vicar general for the diocese, Father Gregory Wilson, tells the story of growing up in uh, a small little town in South Carolina called St. Matthew's. And he'd never heard anything about Catholicism. He'd never met a Catholic before. And so he and his family one day are at McDonald's, and there was a family at McDonald's as well. He, in the name of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit, bless us, O Lord, and these thy gifts. And he was like, what is, what is that? That very simple act in a McDonald's in St. Matthew, South Carolina, right, impelled a young man to look into Catholicism and into the priesthood. So I say that for us to take all of these beautiful gifts that our Lord has given us, right? that we don't look at worship, again, as just something that's an obligation, it's a duty, you got to do it, and it's kind of a good thing to do occasionally, right? and get in and out as quickly as possible and just go on to normal life. Right? Let us open the treasures of the sacred liturgy, and let us let our world be charged with the grandeur of God so that at the end of our earthly life, that our Lord may say, well done, good and faithful servant. And when there is no more time and there is no more world, our body and souls may be reunited so that we can see the Blessed Mother and all the saints of heaven in that glory, which is a reflection of God.